very good morning to you. Daylight robbery and they kept on going yesterday. We have the story of that and indeed eyewitness reports. We're looking at the referendum today. There's going to be a Valentine's weekend in Clare this weekend. We're looking to um, give you details on access indeed to the University of Galway. Stay tuned for details on that. We've got the City Tribune headlines with Dave O'Connell today. The Countess and they, indeed, they say they want you to vote no. Sorica joins us on that. The Hair is coming to Galway. We'll give you details on that production. We're also looking at Galway Thoughts on today's programme. And we have a sports preview. That and more between now and 12 midday. Just don't go anywhere else. It's Friday. Tis wet, but we're with you till midday. Good morning. Now, if you do want to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you today. You can do so to 086-3833-553. That is 086-3833-553 if you want to get in contact with us. Now, a local councillor joins me and they witnessed disturbing, uh, a very disturbing incident uh, in Abbey Knockmore yesterday. And I'm joined on the line by Councillor Peter Roach. And due to the diligence of his wonderful wife, uh, Bridie, uh, it stopped something happening, but it didn't stop them continuing uh, to rob other people's homes. Uh, but uh, Pete joins you on the line today. Pete, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you? Uh, you're angry this morning and you're upset as well. How, when did this start to unfold yesterday? Around what time? Uh, exactly half past three, Keith. Bride rang me. She was just unloading shopping from the car outside the front door. Um, and she had observed a white... Uh, souped up, very, very clean, 132D Reg car moving slowly up and down the road that just separates our house um, with, with um, it's separated by a field. The road is literally about 100 yards from our house. And she noticed it suspiciously um, moving and then three thugs hopped out of it. Uh, they jumped over a gate as Bridie was looking down across the field Um and they ran across the fields um, to the rear of our neighbour's house and they approached the back of the house. At that point, it was difficult to be able to see did they gain entry uh, or not. But I was, as soon as I got the call, I rang the gather station in Shum. Um I rang the neighbours and anyone that I felt I could get me, get, get a hold on um, because this was a case where it felt like that we were that we were going to have a successful um, catch. Um, obviously, they <clears throat> rang the, the property owner and they in turn rang their parents, both of those people, hard-working couple, out-working. So they had to ring their parents uh, and they came to the family home um, exactly eight minutes after I making the call to the Gaddy and um, when they went in the driveway of the, that, the house, the three thugs exited the back and headed out the way they went in and the car was ready to pick them up. Now they were they were disturbed. They were in the house. I know that from talking to the occupants last night. Did did they get into it's, the house they did? They did, yeah. They they they'd gotten access to the house. They they I understand not in great detail, but they, they did steal some jewellery and some iPads, um we understand. Uh, difficult for the, the property owner at that time um, they couldn't get into their house for months. It was an investigation. They had to wait until the forensics arrived. But the the, the point, that, that the, the frustration part of it, Keith, is that my brother-in-law, um, credit to him, for months I rang him, he hopped into his Jeep and he pursued them and he followed them. Um, the local road here, Clotterboy, leads to Chum yeah. from where I live. 
and he pursued them and, and they were they were speeding at 120 kilometers an hour he, he he kept with them as good as he could mindful that you know that potentially someone could cross in front of them but just about two miles from here the the, the bridge at, at, at Cahargal it narrows yeah. a little yeah, yeah. and they squeezed through um, passing out a truck but my brother-in-law couldn't um, so he put, he went on his merry way after them again and, and he, he went all the way into Tume into the highway garage and he, he turned around there because he, he had lost sight of them and then bizarrely as he came towards home again about a mile, two miles from Chum Town, here comes the four books in, in the care. And, and and I was ringing that same landline to try and keep the the updated with regards to their movement. And also mindful that there was people, you know, um, you know that were just after getting robbed and, and trying to manage things at home because we didn't know how many of these were in it, but we felt that, yes, the guys that, that were fully responsible were... Uh, being pursued by my brother and, uh, and I have to say that the deep frustrating part of it is that I rang the, the 70840 number. Uh, that's the number, that's our only our, our only access uh, to policing in Shume and no reply. Absolutely no response. So then, off duty gather, friends of ours um, and, and some gather personnel that I'd know, I was desperately trying to ring them so that they could deliver the message to the patrol care or whoever. And um, Look, the bottom line is is that there's only one road, if you like, one main road that leads to Chum, and and obviously my message was quite clear that Lock if they the manned the town of Chum, the potential was that they would apprehend them. Mm. They didn't, and 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 that same care with those same four occupants, um, drove all the way to Headford to Carne uh, Crow, and they robbed a house there sometime around half past five, six o'clock ish, um, as that couple um, were gone to a, f- a local funeral. And my understanding is, from speaking with the detectives that were in our house last night investigating all of this, they went from there to Lock George, Clare Galway, and robbed a house there. Now, if we had a dignitary, Keith, arriving to Chum today, politician or otherwise, we would be awash with patrol resources to try and, and police that event. Mm-hmm. And here were we yesterday. We had done all of the policing work, not taken the law into our hands, and we didn't get what you would call, uh, you know, enough patrol support in terms of coming out. And we're only six miles from the town of Chum. We didn't get adequate support at that moment. Now, I know it's very difficult because from half past three to ten to five, that was the window. And I suppose they would have to be prepared. But I, 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 I'm, I'm cross-readed that when I hear... Um, from some of the Gardaí about the lack of resources and the lack of patrol cars to police the true municipal area, it's 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 galling to think that that's where we're at. And it is, but I mean, the situation I'm, 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 is. I mean, you, the, the, was the car stolen, Councillor uh, Peter Roach? Um, we when we gave the number to the Gardaí, they were able to identify that that number was that of a white golf registered to a garage. But that number, it was a white care. It was golf light to look at, but the number was cloned. So, so they had false it, number it, plates then. Yeah. So, but the, 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 I suppose, because here's me thinking from the outside. We had a care, very conspicuous in colour, pure white, with the full number, four occupants in it. We didn't have to go imagining the rest of the number. We had the full number and that was given to the Gardaí. Now, 
if our policing model works well, it should have, I suppose, maybe contacted all of the necessary um, resources and, and put checkpoints in place. Mm. Because these guys, these guys had three robberies in the space of two hours. And we are crying out at our joint policing forums. I'm one of them. And I'm, 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 I would be full of praise for the Gardaí at all times because they do the best they can. But they are not resourced enough. And the little resource that I'm really cross about is someone to pick up that landline and be able to respond to a call or a, 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 an update with regards to okay. what happened yesterday. But, that could, happen. but, let, but let me come back, though. I mean, so Bridie came back with the messages. She was unloading. She saw the car yeah. acting suspiciously. She then saw them jump yeah. on the fence and go into a neighbour's house. Yeah. They broke yeah. into the neighbour's house. They took what they took. So there were brazen thugs as well. Yeah, and I, you know, they didn't, they made no effort. Now, Brady had a good description of them from a distance, you know, but it, it was quite clear that they didn't wear balaclavas or anything like that. There were three guys in their late 20s, early 30s, um, all around the same stature, roughly. Uh, they were very, very fit because from once they went over that gate, they ran every inch of the way until they got to the back of that house. And and it's quite, it's quite um, secluded in many ways, you might say, but from, you know, we, we were, we're, we're Brady's emphatic about, um, you know, the identities of them and, you know, how professional they were in many ways. But we had a community alert yesterday because I rang the neighbours, uh, you know, alongside this. Do you have a text system there? Do you have your text alert in the... In the we do, and that went out, Keith, and this is the other part about that text went out from, from, from the Gardaí and it gives out a partial reg. It didn't give the full number. Now, I know for... for GDPR, they good, can't do it. They, yeah. they don't give out the full number. But, um, there's, you know, you go around any town any day of the week and if you get the information about a white golf, zero, three, whatever it is, you could meet a half dozen of them and you'd be inclined to say, well, they're here, they're... I, I think we need to stop the nonsense of, of protecting thugs like this. It, I'm sure the person who legitimately has that number. It was registered to a garage, so no there was no major issue. Why that full number wasn't given yesterday to make people fully aware of, yeah, that's the care. They can't do it, Pete. I mean, that, that, that's how ridiculous it is. I mean, you're well aware yourself if they have CCTV mm -hmm. or somebody dumping, they can't actually use, well, up until six months ago, they couldn't even use that information. Like, GDPR is protecting these thugs. And that's all there. And I'd love to use a stronger word, but well, but um, I mean, yeah, it is, and and and, and therein lies yeah. and the frustration. And I can tell you, Keith, and I'm saying this emphatically, that if I were at home yesterday, I have a legally held firearm that I use for my own use for for um, farming. Foxes and that, yeah. Um, and I would, I would have been really, really pushed not to discharge that to make sure that that car was disarmed by way of puncturing uh, the tyre or otherwise, or holding them at bay until the resources came. But I, I, I can feel that if I did, and my even saying that this minute, there is a potential that someone will knock on my door and said, look, you did say that you might use it. But why I'm saying it is that there's a deep frustration out there now uh, felt in every community about what's going on and how handcuffed, in many ways, we are in terms of combating it. And the frustration will lead to somebody dis uh, disarming or uh, discharging 
uh, a firearm and and killing, maiming, or or or, or whatever, is 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 it is just beyond. I mean, every other week we hear there's a group supposed to be coming via Monave, Kiltala, Montpellier, Myla, and there's homes done every day of the week. We hear about it. And nobody ever seems to get caught. We had these guys all wrapped up yesterday, ready to hand over in many ways. They were seen, we had the numbers, there was a chase on, and they headed into town. And they were not caught. And did they care? No, because they went to Hedford and successfully robbed another house and went from there to Clare Galway. So they're blatant. And as you mentioned, GDPR is protecting thugs like that against people that are hardworking and earning a bob and trying to keep a lovely home, which is what this family have, and to find they come home and and and, and it ransacked and, and okay. valuable jewellery taken. It's just it's it, it beggars belief. But all I'm asking for, and I'm and I'm genuine and sincere about this. I have huge respect for the force, but I know that they're not adequately resourced. And the first thing that needs to happen is when you ring that landline number, somebody needs to pick the godforsaken thing up and be able to take. Um, the complaint or take an update or whatever the case may be. Okay. And and had I not been supported by the person, the, my personal friends of mine that are in the force, I would have given up um, on that chase yesterday. But thankfully, I was able to get get access to one or two colleagues, and they were progressing it to the patrol car. But it it was it was all too late. Short okay. window. All right. Um, just to just to give you an update, just here, Keith attempted um, house break in in Gort yesterday. Uh, three efforts, uh, but it's the full word. Videotaped checking out the house, and no guardy to be found on that. Hi, Keith. Uh, rural burglaries are, are rife. They know there are no guardy presence. Uh, these criminals know this. Even if they are apprehended, they get off light in the courts. We have an extremely active resident association, and we have uh, police in our own area. Um, Mr. Drew Harris and Helen McEntee, and they give me another name, need to do an, an awful lot more. Nobody wants to join the Gardaí. How are these criminals going out with fake plates on them? It's incomprehensible, this caller said. There should be Gardaí in every town. If you ring at the right station, you're put through to Clifton. How does this make sense? Pure joke. Hopefully, we don't need them in a hurry. Uh, Keith, did the car detest text go out? It did uh, from there. But there's just so much frustration, I have to say, Peter Roach, on the line here this morning. That people are yeah, just and, and that's yeah, Keith. And look, um, only this morning I got a text message to say there was a community alert meeting in 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 Kilraden Centre next uh, on the twelfth of this month. Um, and and can, I can honestly say now we we will have the support of the Gardaí there, and they will give best advice on you know securing your home and all that kind of stuff and how to deal with this. Yeah. The the deep frustration for me is the the guards' inability to be able to respond adequately by means of patrol okay. care or, or human resources. They don't have it. And if Drew Harris, Helen McEntee and others have anything at all between their ears, they need to understand that the Gardaí are frustrated with the lack of resources okay. and they need that support. And if they don't get it, it's good night, Irene, to the, the, the um, apprehension of those thugs that are marauding our, our landscape. There should be a full proof of ownership when you're getting a number plate printed. I needed to replace my plate and I didn't need to show anything um, that it was legitimate. It's an absolute joke. Another caller said, he's right, the guards, you do not have the staff to answer the phone. With the Freedom of Information Act, we have the right to, to know how many calls go unanswered in our guard stations. It's shocking. Can we get that information from the Galway stations? There could have been another accident yesterday with citizens left trying to police the communities themselves. 
Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of support, I have to say, and uh, well done for bringing it to our attention. That's all I can say to you, Pete, today, but just keep an eye out. Do you reckon it's that car now parked in a nice little housing estate in Dublin, perhaps, and they're well all tucked up in bed? They probably had a, 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 a McDonald's or a Supermax or otherwise on the way home, and they had a pocket full of jewellery, probably cash. They didn't bring any big items for my neighbour, but the bottom line is, is that they they had a successful outing, and they, they know Keith. Yeah, but, they but, absolutely but, knew that they were not going to be apprehended because of the lack of resources on the ground in terms of patrol cars in dealing with with, 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 with their activity. That's fact. Absolutely. But I mean, the situation is the Gardaí had the technology and they can triangulate who was in that specific area yesterday and that will give them the details of those three thugs that came out of the white car. So they, they, they should be able to triangulate that for that period of time. You've got, or Bridie, your wonderful wife, has specific times there. So they should be able to find that. Yeah, well, it's forensic, Keith. What we did um, from the from the get go, half past four, and at forty eight minutes uh, to um, past four, my brother in law was pursuing them on the road towards Chum, and I I, I I applaud him because, um, you know, he was he was chasing a car where there was four occupants. If they stopped momentarily and got out, they probably would have clattered the living daylights out of them. But he had the courage and the conviction to try and get these people that were robbing our neighbour. And that's what a lot of people probably are considering doing, taking them on themselves, because it's just frustrating to think yeah. that the police force that we, the only police force that we have, are that hand-strapped that they don't and aren't able to deploy sufficient resources to be able to deal with those thugs. And okay. that's that's shocking to say, but I'm repeating it over and over again for the last couple of years. I, that we have a wonderful, well-informed uh, force, but they are not given adequate resources in terms of cars or whatever. And until they have that, um, it's it's just it's going to be it's going to continue this frustration. All right, uh, Councillor Peter Roach, uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. Your thoughts and comments, please, to oh eight six thirty eight thirty three fifty five three, and to the family in Headford that were robbed last evening. Our thoughts are with you, the family in Abbey who were going about their daily chores until uh, Bridie saw them go- going into the back of the house across the field. Um, I can only imagine the, the, the parents when they arrived on the scene and then three, I'd love to use the words, but I can't, uh, legged it and got into the white car. Then they went to Hedford, robbed another family, then came back to Lock George and robbed another family. It's, it's wrong. It's 100% wrong. Now, good morning. When I got up this morning, I got a lovely text indeed from Dr. Richard Joyce in Gort in County Galway. And he said, Keith, fondest memories of times we shared on the board of the Galway Hospice and commend you for your unwavering commitment to the GHF since its foundation. 38 years ago, uh, you were forever a champion and the cause of your support made a telling difference. Today, though, marks it's a significant day in our family. As we remember, my uh, father, Dr. Paddy Joyce, on the occasion of his 10th anniversary, RIP, despite having worked side by side with him for years, I've never appreciated the incredible role he played in our community. Now for over 50 years as a GP, now in the autumn of my own um, career in medicine, I still to this day meet so many people who still remember Paddy and tell me of the immense positive impact that he had on their lives. I'm in awe of his legacy, which he has endured. Reflecting on his career, I'm reminded of the immense importance of good community activists in our midst. People who go above and beyond the call of duty, spurred on by the drive to help others. These are the unsung heroes 
and the people that we take for granted. But today, Keith, in the Pierhead in Canberra, a major community event is taking place with all the funds going to our brilliant Gort Cancer Care, an organisation that does fantastic work itself. Um, a project conceived and founded by devoted selfless people who just wanted to improve the life of others. This coffee morning has been organised by a dear friend, a man devoted uh, 10 years of his busy life to local politics and has toiled tirelessly for others as well as being a vital cog in so many local organisations. A true leader, this man is the inimitable dynamic councillor Joe Byrne and he deserves huge credit for all the help that he's given to so many down through the years. It didn't matter what political persuasion one was, Joe worked for all. Joe will retire from local politics this year and he can be proud of his uh, achievements across so many spheres. I just thought it would be fitting to acknowledge his efforts over the years and to thank him for his solid work uh, on behalf of us and all well, to, all well done to Joe. Uh, I'm in little doubt that today's coffee morning for Gort Cancer Care will be a huge success because there's no show like a Joe show. For those unable to attend, they can contribute on Joe's Facebook page via iDonate. Kind regards, Keith. Hope we can catch up soon. And uh, Richard Joyce, that's from Dr. Richard Joyce. So if you're in and around the pier head today, will you pop in and uh, just make a donation from there? Now, the, let me move on because I want to go to Sinead Murray from Thoreau. And uh, we're looking at the uh, forthcoming referendum. And uh, we'll be doing... We'll be doing no in a minute or in a few minutes time in the next hour, but Sinead Murray is Thoreau's Information uh, Membership and Communications Officer and she wants us all to vote yes um, and she joins you on the line. Uh, Sinead, good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Thanks so for much, joining Rob. us uh, today. Uh, are you buoyed up indeed by the recent results for in, in some of the uh, media today they're saying there's going to be a, a massive yes success uh, vote when people go and vote? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Troar is the National Information Service for Modern Families and we're calling for a yes, yes, because we do believe that this will embed, you know, a broader definition of family and protect those families in our constitution. And it's much more reflective of, you know, current Irish family life. You know, 40% of families are non-marital. 40% of babies that are born are born outside of marriage. So we think this is really important for lone parent families, cohabiting couples, kinship carers, and for fathers as well in their role in care. Can I ask you just in relation to, um, again, what the government have put forward for the, for the two referendum um, votes that we're going to participate in, um, have they got it wrong with the wording in relation to the way that they've changed the wording or do you feel they've got it right? Well, we think that the the wording of durable relationships actually gives some good flexibility um, so that you're not listing family types now and then you end up excluding a certain type of family. You know, there's increased diversity in the types of families that we see, so we wouldn't want to see one family excluded. And it just gives a more flexible approach because we know that they come in all shapes and sizes. And I think, for example, kinship care where, you know, a family member steps in to take care of a child, you know, most people in Ireland would identify, okay, that grandmother has been taking care of that child, they're a family and yet they're not considered that in the constitution. So we know a family when we see it, but we want to make sure that all family types are included and protected in our constitution because they are really important for, you know, children's well-being and for social cohesion and everything that goes along with that. But they did have a difficulty in agreeing uh, the, the wording indeed for the referendum in question. Absolutely. No, they absolutely had a difficulty. And, you know, Tor would have been campaigning for, you know, either the wording on the uh, Joint Oireachtas Committee um, initially 
or the Citizens' Assembly. But having looked at it now, we do believe that the durable relationships term can be used to protect all those family types I mentioned before. Um, it's broad enough to be expanding the definition of family. And the really important thing is that if we if we didn't get a yes, yes, then it would stay the same that only the marital family would be recognised in the constitution. Mm-hmm. And we think especially for cohabiting couples with or without children, um, and there's 150,000 of them, those couples would now be treated equal uh, to marital families. There's a piece in today's Irish Independent, which I read earlier this morning in relation to a, a cohabiting couple. They were cohabiting for many years and had a beautiful home and all that yeah. went with it. Uh, but the lady, the, the man in question died tragically, unfortunately, died too young in life. Uh, but the lady in question had to um, sell the house and move on because she wasn't eligible to get the old age pension or any other widow's pension, even because they were not married. Does does this tidy that up? Yeah, so Sheila Duffy, the, the woman in that story, actually was a client of ours and uh, she was speaking at our campaign launch event yesterday. And the thing is that, you know, the John Amara case recently in the Supreme Court yeah. um, meant that cohabiting couples with children will be protected. You know, John Amara won his case on the basis, one, that he wasn't being treated equally under the law, and two, that his children shouldn't be discriminated against based on their parents' marital status. You know, the judge said that, you know, you might decide not to get married, but your children have no decision over that. Now, what we're not clear about from that ruling is whether people like Sheila would be protected. And Sheila has been campaigning with John for years on this issue. Um, And, you know, it's a really compelling story of how because she did, her and her partner did have a child, but the child is is an adult herself. So there's no dependent children. So will they be recognized as a family? Now, from what we've heard from government, the the families they wanted to make to be included were cohabiting couples with or without children and lone parent families. So we do believe that the durable relationship between Sheila and her late partner would be covered by this and that they would have absolutely a better claim to the widow's pension if we got a yes yes in the referendum. It's it's just sad it's sad when you see the country, and I'm not naive by the way either, but it's sad when you see the country split on this, like we had Michael McDougall yesterday, who's a former Minister for Justice, and he's for mm-hmm. a no-no, one, one full stop, you're for a yes-yes. Uh, later on in the programme, we'll have a no-no again. And I actually think, yeah. I actually think, and like I've read about it, I've, I've educated myself on it, to try to be mm-hmm. in, in the middle so that I can, we can have these conversations. But I think the majority of the public listening to us today they're glazing over saying, so be it, and they may not even vote. And that's where the danger is here. Yeah, I mean, we, we are trying to encourage people to make sure that they're registered to vote by February 20th and to get involved and get educated on the issues. You know, I think a lot of people, um, it's... It's a little bit technical, it seems like, but actually, you know, at our launch event yesterday, we just heard a lot of personal stories of, you know, the stigma that continues for lone parent families and the shame attached to that, that cohabiting couples, you know, a lot of people weren't aware that cohabiting couples don't have the same rights as married couples. I think a lot of people have the idea in their head that they're treated equally and they definitely didn't think that children would be worse off because they were raised in a cohabiting couple either. Um, And so I think these personal stories can really highlight why 
this constitution really matters to people in terms of our societal values and what we prioritize you know and another story that we had yesterday was you know two kinship carers two grandparents taking care of their grandkids for 13 years you know they stepped in and they stepped up to take care and take on that role and then they were told when they applied for a family pass you're not a proper family um and you know that that was a that's very hurtful what, sorry? That's very hurtful to the grandparents. It's very, very hurtful. And, you know, those those children, you know, they the, those children already have suffered a trauma by, you know, not being raised by their, their birth parents. And they already face a lot of stigma and shame and questions about their family situation. And so I think this referendum could be a brilliant opportunity to start having those conversations around mm. what does a family mean? And it's based on love and care and equality for all families. That's what this referendum okay. really is about for us. I, f- I think also something that's been left out of the conversation a bit and is a brilliant article today about it, but, you know, fathers... Um, and their role in care is often ignored as well. It's not prioritized. And so breaking that link between mothers and care and women and care can also promote more gender equality in care and have men step up into that role as well. Um, because there's a lot of men that want to take on more caring roles in their families, whether they're fathers or not, but that's not being recognized at the moment, okay. you know? So 20% of lone parent families are headed by men, but they're not really recognized at all in the constitution. All right, listen, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today. I think this summarises it. This is what what worries me, Sinead. Keith, I'm a registered voter. I think I'll sit this one out as I don't know enough about it. I wish both sides luck. May the best side win. That's the kind of that's the kind of confusion I'm talking about, Sinead. So let's keep no, talking. I, I, yeah, I, I totally understand that. I would encourage anyone who is confused about it to, you know, read the Electoral Commission website. It does say that families would be treated equally um, outside the marital family and also to, you know, get in touch with any of the organisations who are campaigning to understand the issues and why they are voting yes as well. You know, I know this can be um, quite uh, technical issue but you know really it's about everyone knows some family that isn't covered by the constitution okay. and those families deserve protection. Thank you so much. Alright listen Sinead Mario Thrayer thank you indeed for joining us uh, today in the programme Keith I know some children have lost their uh, mother six months ago and the granny took them in to rear them the granny passed away recently I'm now trying to get the children uh, a passport and it's absolutely impossible this caller said Another caller said, that man is absolutely 100% right. Uh, You need to be extremely stupid or very unlucky to get caught committing a crime nowadays. If you call 999, you're diverted to Cork. They then transfer you to the new guard station in Galway, then to Dublin, which look at an area map of your location of crime. Probably call a a guard on duty, and then your call is prioritised. Maybe could end up in a queue, 9 or 10 down the line. The only way to solve this issue is more guard the and more guard the patrols, especially in country areas, and that comes from Don Lynch. Uh, Keith, please, please, why do we need Gardaí to answer phones? That job should be done by lay people, lay people that want to be trained for that job only. Say retirees, young, middle-aged, um, part-time, full-time, a totally different roster for the Gardaí. Thanks, and that comes from Frank uh, today. And the big question that has come into us this morning is: Did they call nine nine nine? And the answer from Councillor Peter Roach is, my neighbour did, yeah, we did everything in our power to seek support. Neighbours were brilliant in the response to the situation. But yes, 112 was called immediately. 
Now, all roads are leading to the outing this weekend. What is the outing? It's the world's only LGTBQ matchmaking festival. It's returning to the Inn at Ramoland uh, in Newmarket and Fergus with a fusion of music, comedy and much more. And the festival director of the outing indeed is Eddie McGuinness and he joins me on the line. Eddie, good morning to you. Good morning and, ha- and happy outing to you all. Well, listen, happy outing back to you as well. They're coming from all over the world, I'm told. This is quite unique, isn't it, Eddie? Well, we've been going for over 11 years. We started as a little bespoke part of Lister Barn and Matchmaking Festival and we've now continued growing and we're now in our new home here in Drumoland at the Inn of Drumoland uh, on the grounds of Drumoland Castle so we're celebrating who we are and enjoying it. Absolutely I mean and you have a lovely view out over um, the Shannon Estuary there so you have from that hotel as well. It's been many many oh, years it- since uh, I'd say 40 years ago I was at a wedding there uh, but um, oh, it's an amazing space, uh, and it's also what we would call uh, what we have done with the place is lit it up because it sits on a hill in a way, and as you're coming up the motorway, all you can see is the colours of the rainbow from a distance, which is absolutely brilliant. And also, we are on the estuary of the Shannon yeah. and the Shannon Chamber of Commerce and Shannon Conference Centre, all supporting us here at the Outing Festival. And does it run similar indeed to the other uh, matchmaking festivals like Liston Varna? Uh, well, we've uh, been involved with Liston Varna for about uh, eight years when we that's where our home was. And in 2018, uh, we moved over here to the Inner Moland because we felt that we needed an even bigger uh, space to develop who we are as a queer arts collective and festival. And I think it has actually blossomed in a way. But most importantly, we never forget who our parents are, as we would put it, or where we come from. So Liston Varna is always at our heart. Come on, it's a 170 year old festival and we turned in uh, to a new twist and celebration of the LGBTQ plus community. So will love stories begin this weekend then uh, in the Moland? Yes, uh, love stories have blossomed over the years because we now have uh, approximately what two weddings from our festival with hundreds of relationships started here uh, at the festival so I must be doing something as the queer matchma- uh, uh, matchmaker or as Willie Daly calls me the queen of matchmaking uh, <laughs> himself he, 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 he likes to get that in he he has always had that repertoire with ourselves and uh, call it, he celebrates what the festival has become come in its own right a standalone matchmaking festival don't forget we are the only one in the world that uh, celebrates the LGBTQ plus community through arts music and of course matchmaking absolutely and coming do they have to register in advance well, uh, people can turn up uh, and it's open to all, no matter who you are, where you come from uh, uh, or your background, uh, come and have fun. Most information you can find out on the outing.ie uh, and also at the same time is we do have, we've teamed up with Transport for Ireland this year and Bus Erin and we have a free bus to the festival from Mickey Martins in Limerick. Uh, we're picking up at Supermax in Shannon uh, town and of course Ennis at Queen's Hotel uh, between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock picking all the whole way up to get here for the celebration because we have Victoria's Secret as my co-host this year for Blind Date. Excuse me, but you've, you've, you've really rolled out, you've <laughs> ro- you've rolled out the private 
playing for that one, I take it. Oh, definitely. Victoria's Secret has performed alongside all the major RuPaul drag race uh, artists and performers, which has been brilliant uh, for ourselves. Uh, but also, most importantly, we have uh, Mark T. Cox, who uh, originally from Ennis, who lives in London, and he's a queer artist p- a performer, and he will be doing our Dine and Shine. We have three stages. There's everything from comedy, there's blind date, there's speed dating, right across to Irish dancing. We also have uh, lessons on how to do some hip hop in heels. So there's lots of fun. <laughs> that's a that's a bit that's a bit like um, that's a bit like indeed. I'm I'm trying to get to get the word for it, but maybe strictly come dancing or something like it's, that. It's, that's it, but also it's kind of like a gay butlins <laughs> in a way, a polite way of putting it for those. Oh, for us on the East Coast, uh, would say Mosney in the early oh. days of those yellow coats and red coats, we have rainbows. <laughs> God, you're going back a while now, so yeah, to Mosney, God, you're going back a long time. Oh, the joys of uh, being around a long time. That's the joys. I've been an LGBTQ plus activist for over 30 years, uh, managed Dublin Pride uh, over the years. And uh, most importantly, it's the celebration of our community. The festival itself and the ethos behind the festival is to have a safe space for to be yourself, but also a celebration through the arts, music. And of course, matchmaking is about uh, bringing people together, not just about romance, but also maybe finding that friend that you might uh, feel that you have. Uh, and it's very difficult nowadays, especially mm, after absolutely. COVID, online dating, our friendship and so forth. This is another way of bringing it back to old school tradition in a way. All right. Well, if they want to get further details, the outing is on this weekend. It's taking place in Newmarket and Fergus. So just go to the inn at uh, Dremoland. Again, looking down over the estuary. Uh, Eddie, good luck. And you might let us know over the weekend if you have any proposals, marriages, births, whatever. You know, there could be magic everywhere. But listen, thanks for taking a call this morning. Uh, Eddie McGuinness uh, joining us there. Yet to come on the programme, by the way, we're going to be looking again at the uh, referendum. Uh, on today's programme. We'll also be giving you a chance uh, to go back to university because University of Galway have a great new initiative uh, from there. Uh, we'll be speaking to the Countess uh, on today's uh, programme. Dave O'Connell joins us with City Tribune Headlines and then we have uh, Galway Thoughts as well. Uh, a roundtable discussion which uh, takes place here in Studio One and today we'll be looking at GPs, we'll be looking at the death of Dieter John Bruton whose funeral is taking place uh, today and uh, tomorrow and more. So we'll be looking at all of that and more between now and midday. If you want to get in contact with us, though, you can do so quite simply to 086 38 33 55 3. And uh, a lot of calls coming in about the first piece with Pete Roach and those burglaries in the Abbey Nagmoy area, in the Headford area, and Lock George area. And the thugs in question still free. Uh, Keith, uh, did anybody contact the superintendent of the Tomb area to find out why they didn't respond to the call and how uh, come they didn't respond? Can somebody give me some details on that? caller wants to know. We'll come back to it if we get details between now and 12 midday. I promise you that much.